Welcome to another episode of the Rise Up Country podcast. Hi, I'm John Ritter, and over the next few minutes, we're going to be spreading our message of hope and stories of inspiration with one of country music's biggest artists, Dolly, and newcomer, Dylan Carmichael. Plus, we're going to share some stories from the real stars of the Rise Up Country podcast, listeners who have called into the Rise Up Country radio show and shared their life-changing stories to help others. You know, I consider one of the greatest blessings I've had in the radio business is sitting down and visiting with Dolly Parton. And one of the first things I wanted to find out from Dolly is whether or not being an entertainer just came natural to her. You know, it says be the light of the world, but I mean, when you hit a place, you are that light. Well, thank you for that. If I do shine with any kind of light, I hope it's God's light and God's love. And it's like, I just love what I, you know, what I do. And uh, like I say, I've never had any fear of the audience. And I go out intending to have fun, intending to hope, create fun for other people. So, uh, yeah. uh, and I'm just a little bit hyper too. I think people are always, you're, gonna, <laughs> you're always going to, your eyes going to go to something static on stage. And I'm just, you know, sometimes just, maybe it's just because I'm hyper. Do you reckon? <laughs> I imagine so. My whole show is all about hope. So what we talk about, it's a country show, play country songs, talk to country artists. But I always think that if you're stuck at home by yourself, you can really get into a pity party. Or maybe you're going through, if I'm talking to Garth, we talk about his kids, and this whole show is based on what have you learned from a child. If I talk to Tim and Faith, we talk about his song, Drugs or Jesus. And then we talk about, have you ever been in a place in your life where maybe you thought you were in control, but something was in control of you? Then how did you overcome it? So we always talk about a message of hope. You're not stuck with you. That's true. And I write a lot of songs. I don't know how familiar you are with my songs, but I write a lot of songs about that. In fact, even the song I have out now, the Jesus and Gravity song, That's I didn't a great write. One. But I was drawn to it because it's about, you know, there's always something lifting you up, which I'm a very spiritual person. I've always gone to God for everything. You know, God's always been my producer and my manager, and no matter who's <laughs> taking the credit for it, you know, it's like I always go to God for that. But it's it's also like when it says there's always something lifting me up and something holding me down. There's always something when you get too big for your britches or right when you think you're so joyful and happy you can just fly on off to heaven, reality will set in too. Right. So it's kind of about trying to find a balance. But I've songs that I've written through the years that are along that is like Light of a Clear Blue Morning. There's a song about, you know, like I can see the light of a clear blue morning. I can see the, you know, the light of a brand new day. And it's like just looking for hope, even though it's been a long, dark night. You know, I've been waiting for the morning. It's been a long, hard fight, and I see a brand new day of dawning. So I try to have those types of things in my own music. And uh, we all go through our trials and our tribulations. And even though I always appear to be happy, I'm not, of course, because I'm a songwriter and I'm a sensitive, deep little person. And right. I have to live with my feelings on my top of my skin in order to be able to write with any depth and feeling. So... Uh, it's just like the little song, Better Get to Living, that I've had right. out here recently. You know, it's like, it just means don't wallow around in your sorrow. We've all got them. Just don't mm -hmm. be so self-pitying. you got to get off your butt, you know, get get it together and try to make it better. you got to at least show up. Yeah, you got to show up and at yeah. least try. It may it may take you a little while, but it can be done, because I've been to those places myself. and probably go again. In fact, I spent... I spent my whole life ever since I was 13 as an entertainer, and I still come up here now and write music. I call it 
my second shot at life because I took time off to raise both my kids. But now I've gone back to do the stuff I love to do. Well, that's great. So I know those kind of feelings. And a phrase I like, too, is that if you walk in a closet and close the door and turn on a flashlight, all that darkness in that closet can never get rid of that light. Oh, that's so true. Isn't it? That's good, yeah. You can just be that little light. Yeah. You know a phrase in one of the songs that I thought is, this is just profound. It's just too funny. Don't judge me by my cover because I'm a real good book. Yeah. Is that awesome? That's from Backwoods Barbie. That whole little song uh, is very autobiographical and really what my feelings are. And it's because all through the years, I've often been misunderstood and misjudged because I look very phony, very artificial, but you know, one of the lines in the song is like, but where it, I might look artificial, but where it counts, I'm real. It's like, I'm just a backwards Barbie in a push-up broad heels. And, and the, you know, it's like, don't, uh, don't let these false eyelashes lead you to believe that I'm as shallow as I look because I run true and deep. But that little song was very inspired and I wrote it, uh, not only for myself, but it's actually just a little note of interest. Uh, it's going to be one of the songs in a Broadway musical that's coming out on Broadway in the spring of 2009 that I wrote all the music for, 9 to 5, oh, as that's a musical. Great. So that's the part that I wrote it for the little girl that played oh, me good. in the movie, that they mistreated her, misjudged her, uh, because of how she looked. She was kind of overdressed and looked cheap and all that, mm-hmm. but to come to find out, she wound up being the the better of the of the people. She just, you know, she was a real good book too. You know, judging by the cover. You know what happened to me one time when you talk about misjudging? I went when I first got into this. I went to this concert and it was Confederate Railroad, and they say you need to go talk to those guys. Well, I went around back, and a couple motorcycles are back there. They're sitting on it. They got a lot of tattoos and they're being loud. And I'm looking at them. And I've been, in, you know, I've been in the music business so long that I should have just looked and overlooked it, but I didn't. I said, I don't know if they're right to be on the Rise Up show. So the concert started, and they walked out and they said, you know, before we start, we just want to make sure we thank two people. We got to thank our mamas for taking good care of us, and we got to thank Jesus Christ for being our Lord. Oh, see, and I'm you like, never know. John, what a moron you, you are. You just never know. Well, it is so easy to pass judgment on things. We're all guilty of it, too. Mm-hmm. And um, But it's not always true that you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So in right. that case, they, they made a good second and first impression on you, didn't they? And you know what? <laughs> when it comes around, you talk about God's timing. This week I met Cody Carver, who's in the band, has a song out called Through God's Eyes, and we're going to start writing together. Oh, so, see? Don't you love how God does work? God does work in mysterious ways, doesn't Yeah. It? His Strange timing just doesn't happen ways. quite as quickly as I'd like it to sometimes. Yeah, I know, but God's timing is not our timing. We have to, that's why it says His will, not ours. Yeah. You know? There's a phrase I use, too. It says there's two sets of plans in this world. There's our plans and God's plans, and ours don't count. Well, they count <laughs> us when we're going through it, though. Yeah. But it's, it is hard to be patient. It is hard to wait on God. But uh, good things come to those who wait upon the Lord. Usually people don't finish that phrase from the Bible. It doesn't right. say good things come to those who wait. Oh, that's it says, good. Good things come to those who wait upon the Lord. That's good. That's right, because they do yeah, usually they don't stop use, it. They do always stop that. Mm-hmm. You know? And I've always, always wanted to say, those who wait upon the Lord. When I hear people say that, right, I always in my right, own mind, I always right. say that. Yeah. You know, um, just on that same note that we're talking about, I look at, you know, 
your radiance, the way you look, the way you're built, everything about it. When you got into this industry, how did you get people to get past that and look at you as a viable songwriter and entertainer? And because there's a lot of people that still go through those struggles, how did you get people to take you serious? Well, I took myself serious as far as my work goes. I never have taken myself that serious. That's why I can kind of get away with looking kind of cheap and artificial. But it it came from a sincere place, truly. It's like the line in the backwards Barbie. It's just a country girl's idea of glam, the way I look, because I was not a natural beauty, and I always wanted to be pretty. And as soon as I got to where I could, I overdone it, of course, but that was what my idea of of pretty was because I would like the line in the song from the Fredericks of Hollywood cataloged or the town tramp or the people that were supposedly the cheap people. I loved the way they looked, but I knew I wasn't cheap. So when I first came to town, I was confident in myself because I had my spiritual background, my upbringing. Mm -hmm. My grandpa was a preacher and I'd grown up in the church and I knew right from wrong. And uh, I just always uh, asked God and do still, for him to let me shine and radiate with his love and with his light. And that's why I was saying earlier, if I do shine, I hope it's with God's light. So I think there's an honesty, hopefully, that is that does come from a spiritual place that people can see in addition to seeing how I look. And that's like, I know I look like a Jezebel, but I've always thought so sometimes, funny. well, it's true. You think about that. In fact, my grandpa, who was a preacher, used to say, get that makeup off. You look like Jezebel. But, you know, sometimes you can appeal to people more that need to be brought to God by being more on their level. Then if your message is the right one, it's like you can look like Jezebel, but you might truly be someone's angel. God may work in that way to appeal to people that would be scared of some religious fanatic or somebody telling them how to live or what to do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, God does work in in uh, ways that we don't know or understand. So I just always was myself and relied on my own faith in myself and in my own faith in my God. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had what you would call... Uh a life-changing experience, something that happened that really made you look at life differently? Uh, I've had a couple of times in my life. There was a time years and years ago, probably 25 years or so ago, I had been working so hard. I started singing on radio and television when I was 10, and I'm one of those people that just, I just go full bore all the time. Mm -hmm. I just go and go and go. And I was probably 35, 30 eight years old, I'd never really, you know, stopped. And I was, at that time, I was kind of going, I was having some female trouble, some hormonal things. I'd gained quite a bit of weight. Don't know which came first, the chicken or the ovaries, <laughs> the eggs. <laughs> anyway, it was like, but I, out of out of that, during that part of time, I don't know if I was depressed because I was overweight or whatever. Anyway, I went through a really bad time and went through a very depressing time, and it lasted for about 18 months. And I was praying every day, and I realized at that time how people do get on drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. to ease pain. I did not get on drugs nor alcohol, but I also realized how people can commit suicide, how you can get so low mm. and feel so bad. I prayed every day, and I was angry at God, and I, I would, you know, I would just try. I wasn't getting any answers, and I would just start 
grabbing things like, uh, what is, you know, what is that sin that's not forgiven in this world and the world hereafter? You know, that sin yeah. against the Holy Ghost. What's the Holy Ghost? What's the Holy Spirit? And it it came to me, for me, you know, because we can all use the, it came to me that to sin against yourself, your true identity, your, the, you know, the person God made you to be, like to sin against that thing that you're supposed to get out and prove to God that you're worth who right. you are. So out of much prayer and stuff like that, uh, I finally got back on my feet and I became such a, I felt like I was a good person then, but I just never had time to consider lots of other things. But I came more, became more tolerant of other people. I saw deeper into people with problems. I, I had become all of those things and all of the people during that time, whether it's overweight or depression, I could relate to everything and everybody. And it changed my life completely at that time. And since then, I've just been a better person. Um, I just think about everything in a deeper, more compassionate way. Maybe Dolly's story inspired you to share a story with us. Well, you can. You can go to the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774, or you can make a comment on our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. Well, I promised you I'd share some of the stories that were shared with me on the Rise Up Country radio show. So are you ever so lost that you can't be found? Hi, my name's David. Um, I wanted to share my testimony. Um, I've been trying to uh, here around Danville, Virginia. Um, um, I've struggled with depression my whole life and trying to self-medicate. I did all kinds of drugs and a lot of alcohol and um well that depression and drugs and alcohol you know usually it leads you one or two places and um yeah that's either the grave or jail and well it landed me in jail hmm. and um a couple of different times and on the second time i was just so down and depressed struggling with that depression uh, um just i went right in the head and they had put me in um in isolation, one of the isolation blocks, and um, and, I, and when you're in isolation, you're not supposed to have anything, but somebody had snuck in a piece of a sheet that people make clotheslines out of to, you know, wash, wash their, their their clothes, um, and I tied up a noose with that clothesline and was going to hang myself right there in that jail cell, hmm. and I found, I found a daily, um, daily devotional that's called Doing His Time great book. I suggest anybody to to read this to read that if they get a chance. And I started reading that book and God spoke to me then and there in that jail cell. He said, David, you have a purpose. You are gonna come back and you're gonna spread my word to all of those fellows that need me. And so now I'm part of Good News Jail and Prison Ministry. I go every week to the Daniel City Jail push around the book cart and spread his word. I go once a month to the Danville City Farm and have a service and trying to spread his word, and I want to grow. I want to go all over the country and be able to share my testimony. David, That's isn't that nice. awesome, man, how God can yeah, use it, you, man? Yeah, it's awesome, man. I mean, now I'm out. I've been out for almost a year now, and I got I was able to keep my house. I was able to get my family back. I was 
I got a good job, you know, I, I let them know, you know, don't let this hold you back. If you if you put your trust in him, he can give you everything that you wanted without having you you having to be out there on that street. I remember getting this call from this mom that talks about being able to lean on the Lord when you can't lean on anything else. Hi, this is Teresa. I just want to thank you guys for being there. I came home from work in June, and my husband packed up and left. And it's been really a, a hard struggle. But we're finally divorced and sold the house, and I'm moving on. But you guys give me so much support, and I just want to thank you so much for being there. Well, you're quite welcome. Now, I'm trying to understand what exactly took place. I came home from work for lunch, and he was gone, and all his stuff was gone. Oh and he doesn't gosh. realize how devastating that was. He just thinks that, you know, it was okay. It was his choice. He needed to do what he needed to do for him. But he doesn't realize how bad he hurt me and what was taken from me. And I just want to thank you for being there because you guys give me so much support. And the music you play really, really inspires me to keep going, to keep going, keep going. So thank you. Thank you so much. So we both know there's something better and greater up ahead for you, don't we, Teresa? Oh, I know Papa God has a plan. I love him. I love him. And I sit in his lap all the time. <laughs> I'm a king's kid, and nobody can break <laughs> I need to have a little bit of what you got rub off on me. Thank you so much. No, thanks for being there. And I really, really, really appreciate everything you do. There's people out here that don't ha can't call I went a long time without a phone, so just know you're appreciated and you're loved and you're prayed for. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you've got a story that you want to share with us. Well, you can by calling the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774 or make a comment on our Facebook page at Rise Up Country. I remember hanging out with newcomer Dylan Carmichael on Rise Up Country and talking to him about his song, Son of a, and the effect it's had on so many people's lives. Thank you for having me back. Oh, yeah, man. So, um, Son of a, how, how's that been working for you? It's always been a special song to me, and then, uh, then it came out, and, uh, and I've, ha I've had so many people come up to me at shows and share their stories. Oh, man. About, and I'm glad you brought it up because it's perfect story for this show. But there was a couple that came up to me um, a few months ago and they said, hey, uh, I just want to it was at a show. And they said, hey, I just want to share this with you. Um, they said uh, we, we haven't spoke to our son in, in two years. And uh, actually, we had heard that that he was back using again and uh, and that he ended up in jail. And so uh, one random day, their son showed up at their front door and uh, and told them that he wanted to go get clean and go to rehab um, and rekindle their relationship. Well, it was all kind of he was he was actually in rehab when they were telling me this story. And uh, turns out what made him want to go uh, see his parents was that he when he got out of jail, he had heard son of on the radio. Oh, <laughs> and so they came the parents came to my show they were like we wanted to hear the song but more importantly we wanted to let you know that this song that you wrote is is changing lives out there and i'm sure you don't hear that all the time and i'll never forget that but so to answer your question it's been fantastic it's been great to uh 
to hear some of these stories and to, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's why I wanted to be a songwriter to begin with. So I remember my dad, when he got sick, I went over to his house and I was staying there for a little bit. He was rolling his own cigarettes and taking pennies and putting them in things just to make it, you know, wow. they, didn't, they didn't have any money. And then my wow. mom was real sick and she was in and out of hospital. So I'm thinking, and they had nine kids. So wow. I'm going, and you know, he, he never ran off. He was working a foundry, working a farm and then got sick. But man, I mean, I got to say, now when you get older, you realize how blessed you are just to have even two parents in the house. Oh yeah. Just, it's like, uh, you know, they're, they're here, you know, they're here for you. And, uh, I think that's really the, the gist of the song is like, you know, there's, there's all these, uh, books on parenting and stuff and all that stuff's great. But, but, uh, but just having someone in your life that's there, you're not always going to get along. You're going to fight. It's like, you know, it's like me and my wife, we're going to have disagreements. She's not going to love me or she's not going to like me all the time. Right. Right. She's here. And, and and I'm here and and, and we're not going anywhere, whether right. we're in separate rooms and, and pouting over something, it we're we're still here, you know, and that's right. what the song's about. This song's changed. Um, it reminds me constantly of how regardless of of what happens there, you know, I, I gotta call them and, and say thank you for being a great parent and that I love them, you know. So when I was uh, fifteen years old, my my mother said I, we, I had a band and I was a guitar player and uh, my band had never heard me sing. We played cover songs and other people would come and sing. And we, we were having singers just flake out on us all the time. And, uh, and my mom said, you need to be the singer of your band. And, and I said, mom, wow. I can't. Sing. And she's like, yeah, you can. I've heard you. And, uh, and I was like, no, I can't sing. So one day we, um, she really, she was like, when you dedicate or when you dedicate the time to it, I'm going to hold you accountable. So one day I got a wild hair and I was messing around with singing a little bit. And, uh, and I said, mom, I think I do want to, want to learn to sing and, or like to a level where I could sing with the band. And she goes, okay. And, uh, from that moment, her, my mother, my father, my whole family, they held me accountable. Every time I tried to quit or I got discouraged, they were going, Nope, we're not going to, we're not going to, once you committed, it's done. And so that taught me that, that led into the, you know, into up to up until now, it's like, Oh no, I'm I'm not doing anything else. I'm committed that day when I was 15 years, I said, I want to be a singer. I will go to my grave, a singer. And I'm and I'm not quitting. So, uh, you know, that I think that uh, that's a testament to like what you said growing up in that in that culture and in that family. So uh, but it's just part of your life, man. I'll be I'll be a singer until they put me in the grave. Any opportunity I have, I'm I'm hanging out and I'm I'm singing a song. I don't care where it is, because they say you don't sing because you're happy. You're happy because you sing. That's right. And that's so true. That's so true. I mean, if you have a bummed out day and you get up in the morning and you grab that guitar and you sing two or three songs, how do you feel? Oh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's my lifeline, you know, and, and, and over song. So it's like, you know, all the facets of the music business, songwriting, performing, entertaining, being in the studio, 
having business meetings, you know, all that stuff is, uh, comes second to singing. Singing is my true love. And it doesn't matter if it's a song that I wrote. See, that's, that's one of the things that kind of gets into another subject, but, but a lot of people don't understand why a country artist, um, records songs that they didn't write. And sometimes it's frowned upon. It's like, you didn't write that song. You're not a real, it's, uh, for me, like my experience with that is that like, I'm, I'm not sitting here claiming to be the greatest songwriter in the world, but I will claim that I'm a singer. Right. I can sing that song, though I can tell you that much, yeah, right? I can feel it. I, I can make you yeah. feel something when I sing it. And so that's kind of my argument with that. But uh, but no, I, I absolutely, singing is number one for me. And it don't matter if it's in the shower, if it's in front of 30,000 people. I love it just as much. And Just uh, not in the shower in front of 30,000 people. <laughs> Ain't nobody want to see that. <laughs> I ain't buying that album. Yeah. <laughs> If you enjoyed these kind of stories and have one to share with us, you can by calling us on the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774. Or if you have a comment to make, just go to our Facebook page at Rise Up Country. Until next time, remember, don't give up, just rise up.